This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Hello ladies and gentlemen. What a wonderful privilege to uh, be with you guys this evening. Yes, we are evening already. Okay, so uh, it's, it's really great to be here. It's wonderful to be in your worship. Thanks, guys, for, for what you've done. Um, and, uh, yeah, just your receptive hearts. You know, it's, uh, it's really wonderful if we, if we walk into a place and we know that the most important person in that place is not the speaker, not the worship team, but Jesus. Um, and that you can feel you with you guys. So, so well done on that, and thank you for, for being just, uh, you know, open for the Holy Spirit and, and what He wants to, to do. Yes, yeah, so my name is Deval Estreisen, and... Uh, um, it was so great to, to walk in here and uh, to see Peter there at the back. Uh, you know, Peter and I, we started the show for pretty much the same time. I think it was just before me. Um, in, uh, I started here in 2000, so it is, uh, it's quite a journey, you know, just looking back at your life and, and uh, sitting where you guys sit, and then there's, you know, uncles and aunts, ooms and tannies that come and, and preach, and now I am a um. <laughs> You know, so, so time flies, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful to, to see, you know, that people are, are willing, you know, to, to change and uh, to hear what God is, is doing in their lives. So I want to share a word with you. Uh, before I get to that, I am married to a wonderful woman named Danelle, and uh, we've got three kids, 12, 10, and 7, boys, all of them. Lack a puppy! They keep me on my toes, but it's great. I, uh, I really enjoy being their father. Um, so yeah, so let's pray for the word tonight. Um, thanks, George. Thanks, Sias, uh, for inviting me. And uh, yeah, let's pray. Father, thank you that we can be here together. And God, I pray, Lord, that uh, yeah, the, the meditation of my heart, God, and the words that's from your word, God, will just be transformed, Lord God, by your spirit into every heart. And God, I pray, Lord, that every heart hears what they need to hear tonight, God. And Lord, that everything that is of myself fall to the ground, Lord God, but that which is through your spirit, Lord God, stay and bring change, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so while I was reading my Bible, um, you know, this, this year, yes, I do that. And uh, yeah, I've started to, to read through the, the Bible. You know, I, I mostly try to do it yearly. My wife gets that right better than me. Um, but when you read through your Bible, not just, you know, especially that's one of the things being a minister, uh, it makes it difficult because you're always busy with the Word, okay? Um, you're always thinking about community. You're always thinking about people. You're always thinking about yourself and growth. And, and you know, a lot of things happens because that's your vocation. So to read the Word, just to read it, is something that you need to practice, you know, as, as you are sitting there, obviously, all of us, but especially as ministers. And, and what happens is when you read and you see what the Holy Spirit reveals to you, you know, then it's, it's really just, it stirs my heart to see the things that God has done throughout His Word. So I was reading in, uh, in Deuteronomy, and I want you to turn there if you've got your Bibles here, but otherwise you can just follow there on the, on the board. Um, 
And I was reading in Deuteronomy, and there was a, a, just a piece of Scripture. So that's what happens when I read my, my, the word. I mostly listen to it while I'm driving or something. Um, and because uh, I see I'm an auditive learner. Okay? Some of you are visual learners, but uh, I like to listen. And uh, in the Scripture, there's a, there's a, a word that, that just kept jumping out at me. And the word was, you didn't see God's form when He spoke to you on the mountain. Okay, so that was, that was the, the catch point for Deval in this, this whole scripture. So let's go and read there, Deuteronomy 4 from verse 1. It says there, Now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the rules that I'm teaching you, and do them, that you may live. And go in and take possession of the land that the Lord your God of your fathers is giving you. You shall not add to the word that I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you, your eyes have seen what the Lord did in Baal For the Lord your God destroyed from among you all the men who followed Baal But you who held fast to the Lord, your God, are alive, are all alive today. Then we skip a couple of verses. Um, you know, where there's just a lot of Moses writing, giving, giving a lot of instructions there. And we, we, we catch up again in, in verse 12. And it says there, Then the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire. You heard the sound of words, but saw no form. There was only a voice. And he declared to you this covenant, which is commanded you to perform. And that is the Ten Commandments. And he wrote them to you on two tablets of stone. And the Lord commanded me at that time to teach you the statutes and rules, that you might do them in the land that you are going to, over to possess. And then... Verse 15, and I'll be done now. I know it's, uh, it's a long piece, but Scripture is good for us. Verse 15 says, Therefore, watch yourselves carefully, since you saw no form on the day that the Lord spoke to you at Horeb, out of the midst of the fire. Beware lest you act corruptly by making carved images for yourselves in the form of any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any animal that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged bird that flies in the air, the likeness of anything that creeps on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the water under the earth. And then verse 19, and that's where we'll stop for now. And beware, lest you raise your eyes to heaven, and when you see the sun and the moon and the stars, all the hosts of heaven, you'll be drawn away and bow down to them and serve them, things that the Lord your God has allotted to you, to all peoples under the whole heaven. All right. So now the Vals reading Deuteronomy. And this is what comes out, and I'm, I'm, I'm hearing that, that those words the whole time, you didn't see any form, only a voice. And I'm, I, you know, yes, I, I, I do, but I like to visualize stuff too. And many times, you know, when, uh, when we think about Old Testament and the things that God did there, I don't know who of you here are from the free state. Okay, so, so states money, so, okay, so, so, I, I had my, uh, my high school years in the free state, and I met Marius now here. Yeah? He's here in Matric now, Lekker. Okay, so, and before that, I lived in the R, okay? Yes, yeah, a karoknop, that is me. Yay, ook van great. So, when you are in the karoer, or in the free state, or in the Transvaal, or the Limpopo, anywhere up there, apart from here, or in next to the coast. 
When there's a thunderstorm. You know, you get woozy stuff here in Cape Town. And then everybody rocks about it. Ooh, did you hear the thunder? And I'm like, no, 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 no. I was a good high school lad. And then one day, one of those thunderstorms rocked up there in our house. And, and then I woke up. And I just wanted to go and check if everybody in the house is okay. And to my amazement, everybody was okay. But I was so glad that I could be with all the other people. Because when that thunder strikes, it shakes your soul. And when God speaks from the mountain, you know, and, and all of the Israelites are there, and it's fire and brimstone and thunderings, I understand why they did not want to go in there. We think, wussies. I don't know. Just go to one thunderstorm in the free state. <laughs> then you know you need to master all of the courage inside of you to walk into that thing. But the cool thing about the scripture is you didn't see any form. You only heard a voice. And it caught my heart, caught my attention. So I started to, to go and, and, and look at the scripture and then while I was studying the scripture, another thing dawned on me. And that's the, the theme of tonight. Many places you find this thing that they say, Balpior. Anybody heard of Balpior here? Okay, it's in the Bible. But you see that this, this Balpior thing is it's kind of a big deal. Because a lot of people died there. And those who listened to the Lord didn't die. So now I'm like, okay, God, you've got my attention. So I, I go through the Bible, and it's not just in Deuteronomy. In, in Joshua 22, 17, okay, so this is now Joshua writing about the same thing. He says, have you not had enough of the sin at Peor, from which every yet, even yet, we have not cleansed ourselves until now? And for which there came a plague upon the congregation of the Lord. That's Joshua writing about it. Then in Hosea 9 verse 10, it says, Like grapes in the wilderness, I found Israel. Like the first fruit on the fig trees in the first season, I saw your fathers. But they came to Baal Peor and consecrated themselves to the thing of shame. And became detestable like the thing they loved. Okay, so if so many writers... In the Old Testament, write about this Balpior thing. It's kind of a big deal. So what happened there? Let me just tell you first, what is Balpior? It's a reference to a divinity who was worshipped at the mountain peak and biblically was the subject of the heresy of Peor. The divinity worshipped by the Moabites is biblically referred to as Balpior. Literally meaning Baal of Peor, but listen to this. The Lord of the house of Horus. Okay, you can go and search for, for Horus and, and see some things there. But listen to this one. The God of kingship and the sky. Okay. Where have you heard of 
the God of the sky or the Lord of the Prince of the Air. Have you heard of somebody like that? Satan! Okay? Now I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I see some stuff here. And also, it says there about kingdoms. The God of kingdoms and of the sky. And do you know what Satan said to Jesus when he was tempted in the wilderness? He said to him, I will give you all of these kingdoms. He showed it to him in the glimpse of an eye, the Bible says. The only thing that you need to do is you need to bow down before me and everything is yours. Now that was a massive temptation for Jesus, by the way. Because he could have had everything that he came here for, you know, the short way around. Don't do that, okay? Just between you and me. Usually, when you and I want the shortcut, it ends up messing up our lives. Go for what God says to you. Even though it looks like the long way around. God, I've got a better plan than you. Just listen here. Come here. Let me, let me, let me tell you about my plans. Okay, so, so this is who Baal of Peor is. So now you guys know a little bit into those things. Okay, so to, to cut to the chase, we find, uh, let me just get this bottle open. All right, so <clears throat> this whole context of, of Deuteronomy 4 falls into idolatry. Obviously, you guys heard that. Now, when you look at what Moses writes here, then you can put this context of idolatry in the world. I just made this up, okay? So I didn't find it anywhere. I just thought it out. But I think it's quite cool. You can divide those things into three categories according to what Moses writes there. You can divide it into people, things, and exalted thinking or philosophies. So whenever we go to a place of making idols, you know, something that we take and we put it into the place of God, you know, the voice of the Holy Spirit into our lives, we get somewhere in this three categories, people, things, or exalted thinking, or philosophies. Now you're thinking, yeah, Adeval, not me. Okay, great. So glad you are so holy, you are welcome to leave. There's the door. Now, all of us have got this, you know, but sometimes we just need a little bit of clarity what that means. Well, I don't have people that are idols in my life. Sure. Listen to what Jesus says. Luke 14, 26. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. I know you guys don't have kids yet, most of you. And it's great to see the older folk here. It's, it's awesome. So, when I, you know, preach, and all of us, we go through life, then it's, it's sometimes easy to, to theologize things. 
So, uh, I hear George has got his second kid on the way. It's awesome. Some character building waiting for him. <laughs> so what happened was uh, when we moved to Marmersbury, got there, not going to go through all the detail. Um, I get the irony. <laughs> I don't have hair anyway. Get to Malmesbury and, uh, you know, we, we had a lot of, lot of things and, and all of the, the Shofar churches prayed for us in that first three years, four years that we've been there because all of us almost died, okay? Because of some spiritual stuff in that place, which is great that we uh, had people praying for us. Anyway, so my oldest son, he... Through that time, you know, got a very rare illness, um, and then he was in the hospital for seven days in ICU. Okay, lots of miracles, getting us there anyway. So now he's lying there, tubed, and, uh, you know, you can't speak to him. He's two years old, or his birthday was actually two years, you know, while he was in ICU, he, he missed his birthday. And while he's lying there, you know, it's, it's great. Everybody's praying for you. And then my wife and I, you know, we're at the same place where they were. We just had our second kid. And now our first one is in ICU. And we're making, you know, turns to be with the one in the hospital. And then with the Anyway, so that was, that was our deal. And I was sleeping at, uh, I think I was sleeping at Ross's house, the pastor from Durbanville. And uh, coming back from his house, going to the hospital... While I'm driving there, you know, I'm looking to you guys this side, you know, going up there um, on Okavango Drive, looking at all the beautiful Stellenbosch Mountains, very nice early in the morning. And while I'm looking at that, I get this voice, you know, that, the one that you don't see the form of, in my heart. And the Holy Spirit speaks to me and he says, Deval, can I have him? It's tough stuff, man. My oldest boy. And you preach about Abraham sacrificing his kid. Is Isaac, you know, on the mountain. It's very, it's very idyllic. Until God comes and asks you. So, Deval, let's, let's, let's talk a bit. You know, come, sit here. Sit here with daddy. Can I have him? Well, I bore my eyes out. All the way to the hospital. And I know what the answer is supposed to be, but it's tough, man. Because if I say yes and he dies, then I've said yes. And I can't even blame God for that. But obviously we know. Because people come in the way of our relationship with God sometimes. For some of it's our dads or our mothers, you know, or our sisters or, you know, it's... It's just, and God is not saying to write them all off. That's not the point. The point is that you should not be having a relationship that feeds you more than your relationship with God. All of the things that take us away from God are the things that give us identity. And those are the things that God comes and speaks to us of. I was a dad of a boy. My firstborn. The Vulcan I have him. And God is gracious to us, obviously. 
you know, I'm, I'm so glad. But it was real for me. So when, when we speak about these things about idolatry and people, don't think, ah, it's Old Testament stuff. It's very real. Second one is things, you know, and this is sometimes easier. <clears throat> you know, Matthew 6, 24, Jesus, you know, what is things? Things is security, money, comfort, pleasure. Those types of things. Because that's what, that's what things give you. Or status, you can even put that in there too. You know, my jacket is cooler than your jacket type of stuff. Verse 24, Matthew 6 says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Okay? Jesus speaking. Okay, so take it up with, with the writer, not the messenger. <laughs> Amen. Jesus says, you cannot do that. So we need to know about our things. You know, I want this, you know, the while I've seen this wonderful Toyota Land Cruiser. Okay, I'll stop there. Okay. <clears throat> and then the third one is the universe. You know, the sun, the moon, and the stars. And we look back at them and we're like, yeah, you know, they were so stupid. They didn't have science in those days. Worshipping the sun and stuff. Okay? Cool. Exalted thinking or philosophy. Colossians 2 verse 6 says, Therefore, as you have received Jesus Christ the Lord, so walk with him, in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Okay, so that's what we should do. And then, what we shouldn't do, verse 8, says, See that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. You know what's great about kids? And having them older, and you can speak to them? If I should ask here, maybe you guys are a younger generation mostly, so you'll know. What are the elemental spirits? I asked my 12-year-old boy, you know, while preparing for this message that I preached there in Mama's Prayer, I said, my boy, do you know what the elemental spirits are? Yes, Daddy, earth, fire, wind, water, and then love. <laughs> he goes in like, boom. He knows it. And it freaks me out. And for those older folk here, there was a, a thing that we watched when we were kids, no, it's called Captain Planet. <laughs> go, and, go and Google it, guys. Go on YouTube and go and search for Captain Planet. Okay, don't watch it too much because it's off. <laughs> but you laugh, okay? It was this guy, you know, Captain Planet, he's our hero. Gonna take pollution down to zero. That was the catchphrase, huh? Like a... I'm really old, I know, but it's fine. But you know where he got his power from? When he transformed into this captain planet. He called out, earth, fire, wind, water. And then love came to, and he became captain planet. Now I want to tell you guys, 
that Greek methodology is alive and well today. My kids, and you probably, can tell me which are the greatest gods that there are in the Avengers movies. Which one can kill which one. They are alive and well, people. The philosophies of the elemental spirits are kicking it. Through Hollywood and all those things, we are saturated with the philosophies of the elemental spirits of this world. Go through those. When you start to have kids, you know, you look at things a little bit different. I also thought, you know, Avengers movies are cool, man. Yes, it's cool. Until you see these things. And now you need to sit down with your kids and say, okay, great. Let me just, let me just bring you back to reality here with the scriptures. And what this is that you are fascinated with. And then I start to see why we've got so many philosophies, and especially in our universities. And you know it. <clears throat> you, know, you know it more than me. And I'm not going to say any of them. Otherwise, Facebook cuts us off. <clears throat> because you're not allowed to say anything about those things. Any Marxistic philosophy that you don't support, you get bowled over, man, by a mob of elemental spirits working through people to shut you up. Still think this is Old Testament stuffies? No, it's not. Okay, <clears throat> so, now take a pot on my kill. So let's get back to Balpior. And what is the danger with that? It says there, <clears throat> I'm sorry for my voice now. Okay, pray for me somebody. <clears throat> While Israel lived in Shittim, okay, so this is Numbers 25. Now we're actually going to what happened at Balpior. While Israel lived in Shittim, the people began to haul with the daughters of Moab. And these invited the people to sacrifice to their gods. And people ate and bowed down to their gods. So Israel yoked himself with Baal Peor. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. <clears throat> and the Lord said to Moses, Take all of the chiefs of the people and hang them in the sun before the Lord, that the fierce anger of the Lord may turn away from Israel. And Moses said to the judges of Israel, Each of you kill those of these men who have yoked themselves to Baal Peor. <clears throat> okay. Luckily, it's not Old Testament anymore. And we get killed for attaching ourselves to something. But God tells Moses, says, Listen, go and hang those people in the sun. Let's have some bultong. It's a bad joke of all. Don't do that. <clears throat> but here's the kicker. What happens in verse 6? Why is this connecting yourself to Baal Peor, you know, for the Israelites and for us, why is this so 
bad. So God has spoken. They're starting to do this. And then we find the scripture in verse 6. And behold, one of the people of Israel came and brought a Midianite, Midianite woman to his family. In the sight of Moses and in the sight of the whole congregation of the people of Israel. While they were weeping in the entrance of the tent of meeting. What makes this such a grave sin? What's happening here? God is speaking the voice that you haven't seen the, sound, the, the, the form of, but it's the sound of God's voice speaking to Moses saying, listen, do this. And the people are doing this. <clears throat> okay, so the people are doing what, what Moses is saying. They are weeping because of what is happening, you know, to Israel. And while they're weeping, this man comes. And in the sight of everybody, he misses the moment God speaks. And he is so calloused in his heart that he takes that Midianite woman and he goes to his tent in front of everybody. He's saying, yeah, yeah, whatever. And he goes and he does what he wants to do in the sight of all of them. And I'm thinking, God, help us. Progressive Christianity is exactly the same as this. Where the church becomes so attached to the world that when God speaks, there's no way that the church can respond correctly and we will do exactly the same as this man does. We are calloused in our hearts. And I know I'm preaching to the converted because I felt it this, while we were worshiping. But this is a word that is burning my heart for the church and for you guys going with your Christian friends. Because when we connect ourselves to that place of Baal Peor, we get calloused in our hearts and we miss the voice of God. And when God starts to move, those voices start to say, this isn't God. So what's the answer? Verse 7 gives us the answer. Now I, I, I sound very sexy. <clears throat> so sorry. Can't help it, but it's there now, okay? Verse 7. Numbers 25. When Phineas, the son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron the priest, saw it, he rose, he left the congregation, he took a spear in his hand, and went after the man of Israel into the chamber, and then he pierced both of them, the man of Israel and the woman, through a belly. And thus the plague on the people of Israel was stopped. Nevertheless, those who died by the plague was 24,000. <clears> Okay, now I'm like, well, I didn't come here to hear no preaching in the Old Testament with spears and stuff. I know. And I'm not saying go and find somebody that sins and spear them to death, okay? 
I'm not saying that. But the answer in the Old Testament for this grave sin was Phineas standing up for what was right and doing what was right. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to go to the, to the New Testament just now, quickly, before I end. <clears throat> but I want you to, to listen. Okay, so, so Phineas does this, and, and you know what the great thing is? The scripture there, the, the top part of it says, the zeal of Phineas. Zeal for God stops the plague. Zeal for God and for what is God's business stops the plague. Okay, so I want you to, to put on your, your gospel ears now. I know that most of us know the gospel from the New Testament, you know, as explained by all the writers there. <clears throat> but you can find the gospel everywhere in the Bible. I want you to listen to the gospel voice of God in Numbers here. After Phineas has done this, God speaks to Moses and he says the following. And Jehovah spoke to Moses, verse 10. Phineas, the son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron the priest, has turned my wrath away from the sons of Israel while he was zealous for my sake among them, so that I did not destroy the sons of Israel in my jealousy. Therefore say, behold, I give him my covenant of peace, and he shall have it, and his seed after him, the covenant of an everlasting priesthood, because he was zealous for his God and made an atonement for the sons of Israel. That's beautiful gospel just there in the Old Testament. What are we? Kings and priests unto our God. After Phineas has done this, God says, Moses, go and tell Phineas that my peace, my covenant of peace will be with him. And my covenant of eternal priesthood will be with him. That's gospel. Right there. Now, when we, we speak about zeal, in Romans 12 verse 11, we find the following. It says, do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit and serve the Lord. Now I know, you know, CS won't let you not do that in this church. But to be zealous for God, that word zeal means great energy or enthusiasm in pursuit of a cause or an objective. What's your cause? What's your objective? You know, and the older I get, the more I see that I need to invest my whole life 
into what God has called me to do. Otherwise, I'm wasting it. When you get older, you get richer. It's just the law of life. You're not stupid, okay? When you're young, you don't have not a lot of money. But as you get older and you're wiser, you've got more. Okay, ask your dad. Okay, ask your mom. Where do you go for? For some mula. Papa and mama. But those things cannot give you purpose. Those things cannot give you anything. And I've seen too many of those people. 65, 70 years old. What do they have? A lot of money and stuff. No relationships with their kids. No relationship with their wife. Because their objective, their cause, was one that was for the idols. And I'm not saying don't have any of those things, you know. Just let your relationship with the stuff and the relationships in your life and the philosophies that you have come under the rulership of the voice that speaks from the desert. The voice that doesn't have form. Let that voice guide you so that all of the things that you've got, you plow into that place of what's your cause, what is the purpose that you pursue. And I want to I just you know, give you guys a, a little bit of a encouragement. You know, I know I'm perfect now, but I wasn't always perfect. <clears throat> the wonderful thing about following God is the will of God is very wide. I want to take the pressure off of you to follow on this line here. That if you miss it just to the left or just to the right, then you are out of God's will and you will not make it to your goal. Sometimes I think God sits there and he's like, the val, the val, hey, just listen to my voice. Yes, and we, there's, a, there's a way that we go. But God, he called me into ministry to do what I'm doing now when I was so far into sin, I didn't even, you know, I did internship, two years. I was going to be a pastor. At the end of that two years, I was so far away from God that everybody could see it, but I had to fake it. Because, you know, my goal is to follow God to be a pastor and to have money so that I can, you know, look after somebody that can maybe be my wife. Do you see the Deuteronomy start for the wall there? And while I'm on this road where my heart is so far from God and, and, and see us bless his heart, I will tell that story every time that I'm here. He comes to me. He offends me. Mal! By telling me, Deval, it doesn't look like the hand of the Lord is on you anymore for ministry. Woo! 
hypocrites. All of these church people. But I'm the biggest hypocrite of them all. Praise God for godly friends that speak truth into your life no matter what comes. So I had to go and work in a secular job. Earn my keep. So if you want to go into ministry, I'll, I'll go and work first. Okay? And then you come to ministry. It helps to build some character into you. Anyway. The reason for the story is I want to take the weight off of some of us that hear a message like this and you think, oh, Jesus. I'm never going to make it. I've got so many idols in my life. Um, that pastor that came from Amosbury, he just shook my whole world. I think I'm just going to leave this. While I was in that awful, awful space, far from the Lord, not listening to what he's telling me, God calls me for ministry while I am disobedient to his voice. Let me shake some boxes for you. And I'm like, afterwards I'm like, Jesus, when I thought I was totally out of it, in that space, you come and you call me for ministry. Nah. The will of God is wide. Ask Joseph. Ask David. God gives you great promises. Doesn't mean that you're not going to make a turn in the wilderness. Somebody might try to kill you. You end up in jail. Keep walking after the Holy Spirit's voice in your life, no matter where you are. How despondent you feel, how far away from God you feel, doesn't matter. God is bigger than us, okay? He's bigger than your stuff. He wants us to get rid of our idols, yes. Because he wants us to be wholeheartedly devoted to him so that he can give us guidance. But when you miss it, sometimes, you know, it's okay. Do not freak out. Don't remain there. That's stupid. But continue to walk after God wholeheartedly. Even though you feel like a million miles from God. God can see the end from the beginning. When he looks at your life, when he looks at my life, he's like, okay, Deval, I see you are there in a heap. Lapa side, I can see where you're going to be. 20 years later, standing, preaching, doing what I called you to do, even though you thought, nah, this can't be. The one thing that we need is the zeal of God in our lives, especially in this time. And it's going to be tough for some of us. My wife told me the other day, you know, we always have contingency plans in place as people. And she said, she always had a, a plan for, you know, when I died. We have this plan, obviously. If I'm not there, 
And now some stuff that needs to happen. And the other night she woke up and, and, and she, she just told me, but if you continue to speak truth, not stupidly, but sometimes we need to speak truth. The trajectory that the, the world is taking, speaking truth gets you in a lot of trouble. Speaking truth might get you in jail. And we had this moment of, so what if I'm not dead, but I'm not there because I'm in jail? And Jesus says, you need to count the cost. When you follow me, count the cost. You cannot love your own life more than me. People, things, philosophies. Check your philosophies. What works you up? You get people that fight for a lot of things. Rhinos being one of them. It's great. But people need a cause. And people will find a cause. And they will be so committed to that cause that they stand up and they do wonderful things for the cause. What's your cause? What's your purpose? What are you zealous for? And I know that most of us here, we're zealous for Christ. I can see it. I see it in your worship. I see it in your eyes. But don't get caught up in the balpior that we are seeing all around us today. It's not Old Testament stuff. It's alive and well. And the only way that you stay uncalloused in your heart is by having an absolute zeal for Jesus and to listen to the voice that has no form. Like Deuteronomy says. And to follow that voice, it's a great voice. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.